0: Pastor Charlie asked me, and I said yes, and I've been looking forward to this morning ever since Thursday night. It is good. We enjoyed the drive over this morning, and uh, let me begin by saying I don't know why I'm here. Challenge. Because... You've already had a great challenge. I really appreciated the things you said. You, you, you spoke the message, thank you. That's why, I, you know, I don't know that I'm here. <laughs> I know why I'm here. God has given me the opportunity and I am blessed. I have known this church for a number of years, Heartland and all the way back. And uh, in 2008, I moved back to Wadena to pastor, and I pastored there from 2008 to 2015, and I retired. One week later, I, the district superintendent asked if I would pastor a church in Onami, Minnesota, which was my first church in 1965. And they wanted to go into another building program, and so I went over for two years, And uh, we put a nice building up uh, extension on the church, uh, enlarges the sanctuary and all. In two years, and the project was done, I retired. We moved back to Wadena. And uh, about five weeks, the superintendent said, Pastor, could you fill in down at Swanville Bible Church? I said, yes, and we were there until COVID shut it down. And I retired. (laughs) So, uh, pardon me, I went back to Wadena, we moved, we we lived there. And that church said, Pastor Vaughn, would you be the visitation pastor? And so I said, yes. And then they made me an elder on the church board, they call it Elder Emeritus, which means you're old. (laughs) And that's okay. I uh, have uh, this spring been fighting some allergies, you can tell in my voice, that's why I'm holding the mic close, and you all look a little blurred, my eyes are runny. But that's Minnesota springtime. But thank you for reminding us that there are no masks. What a blessing. What a blessing. And it's good to be with you. Now, I think Charlie, if I heard him right, I think Pastor Charlie said something that, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're usually out by one (laughs) o'clock. I told him it was a fearful thing for me to come over here. My wife enjoys coming to Baxter. And uh, that's enough said. What a joy it is to share with the body of Christ the word of the Lord. And uh, thank you for the worship time. Thank you for the sense of welcome. Thank you for the joy that I sense here, the joy in the Lord. That's one of the points of the sermon this morning. And uh, one of the songs you sang pretty much nailed the message of the morning. So the Holy Spirit is tying together this ministry. In Minnesota yesterday, it was a national holiday Statewide state holiday called fishing, and uh, I'm reminded uh, now when I tell a story I'm no longer allowed to be referred to any nationality. To be politically correct, I cannot refer to any nationality, so I will not. But there were two men fishing. They fished all day and caught nothing, which was unusual. So Oli and Sven wanted to break up and head for home at the end of the day but only decided to stop at the fish market in Motley and buy some fish so he went into the store and he said Joe the man behind the counter said Joe throw me three good sized fish Joe said why should I throw them at you throw them to me please why so when I get home I can tell my wife I caught them Joe said, don't worry, Ole. Your wife was in earlier and said, if you stop by, she wants salmon tonight. (laughs) Embedded in that story is a line of deception. Embedded in our news, our politicians, our culture, is great deception today. I don't need to come and tell you the condition of our nation. I think you know. I don't need to repeat the news, you didn't come for that. But I want to remind us that we are in perilous days as a nation, as a people, and it will be the Church of Jesus our stand, it's just a stand, and it will be a hard stand, but we must take our stand. So I am blessed to be with you today, but <clears throat> it's not amazing, it's not unusual how the language changes. It's called deception, but language changes. What what once was the murder of a pre-born child is now called women's health. Go figure that one. They have misused the word Christian worldwide. We hear all kinds of terms that they talk about this and that, but they change the meaning of the words behind it. And, coming together in unity now means compromise. And as we look and listen, as we hear a world, the question that came to my heart, and the Lord laid this on me, was what should the church say? How should the church react? How then should the church live in an age of disaster and evil? I have four points. So you'll know when I'm done, (laughs) you can count. First, God wants us to be truthful, um, faithful, and out of that, he'll ask us to be um, thankful and joyful. Go with me on the first. We live in a world of untruth. Truth is no longer an absolute Truth is no longer spoken, truth is no, no longer followed. In Colossians chapter one and verse five, you have already heard about the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. The truth of God is embedded in Jesus Christ, his son, and conveyed to us by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The truth is in the gospel. The gospel is truth. The words of the Lord are true. Peter said to Jesus, Who, to whom should we go? You alone have the words of truth, the words of life. And so we understand where our basis and foundation of truth is. But the purpose of truth is simple. In 2 Timothy two five two twenty five, gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. Ephesians 4:15 speaking the truth in love the protection of truth if you're familiar with your scriptures and I believe you are Ephesians chapter 6 records something called the the armor of God and in the armor of God is the second uh, the, the the first item is a belt of truth followed by the Breastplate of righteousness on your feet, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then take up the shield of faith, the quench of fiery darts of the wicked. Put on the helmet of salvation. Take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then I always add number seven, prayer. Praying always with prayer and supplication for all saints everywhere. The armor of God starts with the belt of truth. It is core to your being. We need to understand that. There's one last thing I want to say about the truth factor. And that is the progression of truth. The process of truth. We who hold the truth are held responsible by our Lord to convey that truth and to pass it on. He says early on in the scriptures, you who are parents and have children, young children in your care to raise them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. When you rise up in the day, when I teach your children these truths. Teach them, pass them on. Elders in this church, you are required to teach others to become elders with the truth. John put it this way with his family. In the epistle of 3 John, verse 4, he says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. We are held responsible to the truth. If we don't proclaim the truth, who in the world will? You will not find it. You will not find it on your TV sets. You'll not find it on the politicians lips. You'll not find it anywhere God help us that we can find it in his body, the church, and in his place. Now, what do we do with the truth? We are called to be faithful. Faithful. I love that challenge. Colossians 1.23 again. Continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved, from the hope held out in the gospel. Continue in your faith Established and firm, not moved. I'm gonna paraphrase that verse. Continue in your faith, not drawn off by governor's executive orders. No, that's not in there. (laughs) Stand firm, for we have become the object of the target of evil. Stand firm, not moved. Hold out the truth found in the gospel. What is it to be faithful? God moves and works in the realm of faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and the sixth verse says, without faith it's impossible to please him, those who please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we move, we work, we live, we pray, we minister in faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. You can finish that verse, I believe. Even our faith. 1 John 5, 4. It is this kind of faith that I see in action. When the odds are against it. There's an Old Testament illustration I want to take us to. I would believe you're familiar with the story. It's a young lad named David. He's not king yet, he's still a shepherd boy. He goes to see what's happening on the front lines of Israel, the battle. When he gets there, he hears this giant come down the valley and yell across and taunt the people of God. That was too much for David. He said, we got to do something about it. He went to the commander. He went to Saul, and Saul said, well, he does that every day. We kind of ignore him. David said, what? You can't do that. So David says, I'll take care of him. Saul starts laughing and said, no, you can't. You 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 can't. I'll take care of him. Well, if you're going to a few, put this armor on, well, that didn't fit, so leave it behind. And David took a few stones in his slingshot. And went down in the valley to meet Goliath. The words that came out of Goliath's mouth were, What did you send a dog after me? Referring to David, I will have him for lunch. David stood firm, and David saw the obstacles. Now, most of us, when the odds are like that, will kind of find some fear or an excuse to be somewhere else at that time. And so we back away. The world said to David, all of the the Israelites said to David, Goliath is so big, you can't win. He is so big, you can't win. There's no way. David said, he's so big, I can't miss him. Try that one. It's all in the perspective. It's all in the trust that we have in our God. So I see that as the faithful. Be faithful. Now, those two belong together. Be faithful to the truth. So if the church is going to be truthful and speak the word to this generation, we need to be faithful at doing it. The third point is to be thankful the Bible says, be thankful in all things. Uh, I was so thankful yesterday, I didn't get skunked in the afternoon. I even caught a walleye. I was so thankful for the ble- <clears throat> the blessings. I'm so thankful, <clears throat> pardon me, to the Lord for so much. For 1 Thessalonians 5.18 Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Give thanks in all circumstances. Probably the most difficult part of this is being thankful when we are prone to complain or to sorrow or to become the victim or to hurt or to weep. Be thankful in those situations. Be thankful when things aren't going right. Be thankful. What a joy it is to be thankful. The attitude of thanks produces something in a child of God, the person of God, that only the Holy Spirit can use. If I am not thankful for being able to speak today, if I'm not thankful being able to drive over here, if I'm not thankful for the blessing of the Lord, then I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be still in a difficult. Be thankful. Means in the hard times, when the difficult times, I'm thankful as much as I am in the good times. So we need that thankfulness in all things. You know the story, the parable, the account, well, it wasn't a parable, it was an account of history. The life of Jesus, he healed ten lepers. One came back and said thanks, and he praised and blessed that one. One came back. Be thankful. Let that be the mark of your life and the attitude of your heart. In the fourth one, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, three short words. Be joyful always. Now I want to tie that together. In Nehemiah chapter 8, The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What is it to be joyful? It is not being happy. Happy comes and happy goes. Happy is a word based on another key word, a root word from which we get the word happiness. Or let me take it further, happenings. The happenings in your life when everything's right and it's a good happening, you're happy. But happy comes and goes. Joyful doesn't. Joy stays. Joy is the strength of the life. You will not be joyful unless you are, first of all, thankful. You will not be thankful unless, first of all, you are joyful. Those two fit together. So, what am I to do? I am to to realize that God did not call me to the realm of hurt. God did not call me to the realm of fear. When I am joyful, there won't be fear. When I'm thankful, there won't be fear. The most often repeated commandment in Scripture, the single most often repeated command in Scripture is some form of do not fear. Do not fear. Fear not. Let not your heart be troubled. That is the most often repeated commandment in all of Scripture. Fear not. The enemy effected upon our culture and our world today And upon some of us, the fear factor. If you don't wear a mask, you're going to catch it. If you don't stay home, you're going to catch it. If you don't shut down, you're going to catch it. And fear became the enemy's tool in our lives. Fearfulness is driven out by thankfulness and by joyfulness. We do not fear I cannot, be, I told the congregation once, I cannot believe that I can trust God for my eternal salvation of my soul and I can't trust him for a few months for my body. Figure that one. If I can trust him for my eternal destiny and forgiveness of my sins and for the promise of heaven, I can trust him for all of that and that will last forever and ever. Why on earth could I not trust him to take care of my physical body? Now, there will come a time when he will take care of my physical body in a different way. He'll scrap it. That's a vernacular language. He'll scrap it, and I'll be with him. But until that time, I trust him for my physical needs, and I have some. One of them is called age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't see too many here that way. (laughs) I'm blessed. But uh, physical will eventually die out. It's the eternal that we are driven to. And we see that. But in the meantime, we lay fear aside. We trust as David trusted. We are trusting and thankful. We bear the truth. We do it faithfully. We are grateful to the Lord, thankful, and we are joyful in the Lord. So what should we then do? I referred earlier to Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God. It's introduced, at verse 11, with these words, stand firm. Having done all to stand, therefore stand with your whole armor on. Three times in the opening verses of that armor of God, he says, stand, stand firm. What is it to stand firm? When the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. After you've done everything, to stand. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth. I want to quote David Jeremiah who said on that standing firm, when the tough times come, we don't stand down because that's cowardice. We don't stand aside because that's compromise. We don't stand against because that's contention. And so we don't want any part of being a coward or compromising or contention, so we stand in Christ with courage and conviction. The world needs to know our convictions. We can refer to it as our conscience and our, and, and our faith and all, but we need to know in Christ the, the convictions that we have on the word of the Lord. There is a song, We Believe. We believe in God, our Father. We believe in Christ, His Son. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the three-in-one. We believe in his holy word. And it goes right on down on the convictions that are ours in Christ. Let us believe them, live them, and share them with a world that is hurting so badly they need Christ. In the book of 1 Peter, it says the church, the body of Christ, says something there. And here's the essence of it. God says, judgment begins first in the household of faith. We are held responsible by God to speak to our culture that's being canceled, to our history that's being deleted, to our people, to the civility that has been lost. We are held responsible by God to speak to them in love and show them the mighty grace of our God. Can we do that together? I believe we can. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. May your Holy Spirit challenge us with that word to stand firm, to be faithful, truthful, to be thankful, and to be joyful. And may we do it with the joy of the Lord and the shine of the Holy Spirit on our faces. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen.